Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this week's episode, I'm going to do something a little different. I know many are competing for a fantasy playoff spot in week 14, but there are others that are already in the playoffs, maybe looking ahead. So I'm going to mix some recommendations for the final three or four weeks, depending on if you play through week 18, and also hit on a few guys from a dynasty perspective to maybe consider investing in as end of bench options. I've mentioned before about guys simply not getting a shot. That could be really good players in the league. Jake Browning showed that on Monday night. So I'll mention a few names to at least keep in mind for those maybe looking ahead to 2024 and beyond. So starting with the fantasy playoffs, and some of these will probably be repeats of guys that I've mentioned in previous episodes. A big one would be the Seattle passing attack, primarily Geno Smith and DK Metcalf. The duo was able to get going last Thursday night in the loss to Dallas, but we've been mentioning the playoff schedule, especially week 15 versus the Eagles, who have struggled versus the pass and had trouble containing Metcalf in the past, and week 16 versus Tennessee, who doesn't really have anyone on the perimeter to check Metcalf. Obviously, it's too late to acquire Metcalf past the trade deadline, but Geno is still available in quite a few leagues, so he can bring QB1 production with the hopes he carries the momentum from week 13 through the rest of the year. And the other quarterback to mention that might be an option to add is Jordan Love. The confidence for him has been growing every week. Green Bay has sort of, without Aaron Jones, turned into a pass-first team. And week 17 might be difficult at Minnesota, but the first two games of the fantasy playoffs facing the Buccaneers and Panthers are both really good matchups. So even if you're set at quarterback, it might make sense to acquire Love now as an insurance policy, or at least keep him from an opponent's roster. And then with Christian Watson dealing with a hamstring injury, that hurts the Packers in general. But Romeo Dobbs should see his value increased. He's already had the trust of Love in scoring territory, and hitting on a couple of downfield shots on Sunday night should only lead to more trust from Love and Matt LaFleur. So Dobbs can be considered at least a strong flex option, and he could have a case for wide receiver two value based on the touchdown upside and plus matchups. At running back, I've mentioned the matchup for Ramondre Stevenson on Christmas Eve, a primetime game versus Denver, who is allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. It seems like the high ankle sprain will keep him out of that matchup, but Ezekiel Elliott has been towards the top of our waiver wire rankings every week because of the handcuff upside. So if he's still available, or hopefully you were able to get him already and have him on the bench, Zeke might be a top 12 option in week 16. So a key matchup for those hoping to advance to the fantasy finals. And despite the struggles for New England, the volume is high for Zeke. He handled 21 touches last week, and they'll continue to play through the running backs no matter who is under center for them. Another matchup to target in Week 16 is the Chicago backfield versus Arizona. This is tougher to predict because it's unclear out of Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, and Deontay Foreman who might lead the backfield. But if one of them separates a little over the next two games, and it might be Johnson as the rookie with the Bears maybe evaluating for next season, then the matchup will definitely be one to target. But just keep in mind the other three games through week 17 are tougher facing the Lions, Browns, and then Falcons in week 17. 
But again, if you could hit on the lead back for that week 16 matchup, then they could definitely pay dividends as a spot starter for the fantasy playoffs. Other than that, all the top running backs are, of course, rostered. So it makes sense to invest in handcuff options. Guys such as Dalvin Cook, even though the Jets haven't looked great. Samaj P. Ryan, who didn't get a lot of work last week, but impressed two games ago. And the top one might be Rico Dowdle for Dallas, who would probably be a top 15 option if Tony Pollard ever missed time. But the other two I'll mention, one showed flashes on Monday night in Chase Brown. The rookie had never seen more than one carry in a game, but he saw nine of them for 61 yards in the win over Jacksonville. So with Jake Browning looking great under center, it helps boost the overall upside of the offense. And Joe Mixon will clearly be the guy. He also looked really good on Monday night and scored a couple of touchdowns. But Brown seems to bring a combination of handcuff upside behind Mixon and some standalone value as a change of pace option. So he's a guy definitely worth investing in. And then the final guy could end up being a complete zero. He only has five carries on the season. But Rashad Penny, especially if DeAndre Swift were to get injured, is a sneaky stash on benches. We know the kind of offensive line that Philadelphia has. And Penny is a big play threat at running back, who will be fresh for the stretch run if he's ever given a chance to see increased work. So that's more of a risk. You might be better off investing in a secondary defense option by looking ahead at the matchups. But if you're in need of help at running back, then I like Penny as a stash. For the wideouts, the guy I've been mentioning quite a bit all year has been Marvin Mims. His offensive role hasn't grown, and it might not with Denver playing for a playoff spot rather than doing any evaluating for the future. But there are a few good matchups down the stretch, and the vertical role combined with Russell Wilson's deep ball, could lead to big production if he's given an increased role. And he's similar to Jameson Williams in that I know we haven't seen it since earlier in the season for him, but Mims, if you were behind in a two-week fantasy matchup, could be a Hail Mary type option that can put up a big score if Denver decides to make him more of a priority on offense. The main guy here I already mentioned in Romeo Dobbs but another deep threat to keep an eye on would be Jalen Hyatt. He showed signs of an emergence before the bye with five receptions for 109 yards against New England. So I'm sure New York will be looking for ways to get him involved. And for the four weeks of the fantasy playoffs, if you play through week 18, the matchups are great, taking on the Saints, the Eagles twice, and the Rams. So it seems there are guys every year that emerge down the stretch, and Hyatt is definitely a top contender to be one of those options. So he's at least worth a speculative ad. In general, it's mainly about matchups at wide receiver, the combination of matchups and talent, and trying to predict guys that might emerge. So the other guys to quickly mention that I would keep an eye on are Kadarius Toney, Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore, who would benefit from Joe Flacco staying under center. And then it's unclear if he'll return anytime soon, but Joshua Palmer could be a nice flex option with the other secondary wideouts for Los Angeles not really stepping up in his absence. For tight end, I'll quickly mention the matchup to target, which would be the Broncos. So that means investing in Gerald Everett, who faces them this week. And then again in the Fantasy Championship Week 17, Hunter Henry, who will face them Week 16. And then if you play through Week 18, it'll be Michael Mayer for the Raiders. And then sticking with Denver, but flipping to the offense, Greg Dulcich, it seems, might be close to a return. 
I know they've had a hard enough time getting Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims involved, but Dulcich gets a couple of good matchups and was a definite breakout candidate this year based on the talent. So he's at least a name to look out for if you were in desperation mode at tight end. And then finally, defense is a big part of the fantasy playoffs, trying to find the right matchups and maybe getting a big score. I mentioned Jacksonville last week. Obviously, Monday night didn't go well for them, but they still have a great rest of season schedule, especially in week 17 versus the Panthers. Another one would be Green Bay, who their previous week in week 16 will take on the Panthers. And then to begin the fantasy playoffs, the Panthers will take on the Falcons. So Atlanta would be a defense to target for week 15. So in chronological order, the Falcons will take on the Panthers in week 15. The Packers will take on the Panthers in week 16. And the Jaguars will take them on in week 17. So that's a good trio to have for those in a three-week fantasy playoff. And the Jets would obviously be another team to target. I think the Texans take them on in week 16. But we'll see if maybe Zach Wilson is able to increase the upside a little bit for New York. But they're still definitely a group to target. So that finishes off the talk for the fantasy playoffs. And I'll hit on a handful of guys now that are probably off the radar or on the fringes of the fantasy radar. That if they get a shot, I think can be at least solid players for next season and potentially beyond. First at running back, the Colts actually have two guys that I want to mention. Last week we saw Tyler Goodson get called up from the practice squad and get some work behind Zach Moss. He caught a couple of passes, but we thought he could have been a third round pick, fourth round pick a couple of seasons ago. So maybe he'll take advantage of the opportunity with Jonathan Taylor out as he showcases himself for a bigger role, likely with another team in 2024. And Trey Sermon is the other one. He hasn't recorded a touch since week four, but he's at least shown enough in practice to be on the indie roster for almost the entire year. And he probably won't get much of a shot if Zach Moss stays healthy, but I think he can thrive if given the opportunity to start. So keep an eye on the landing spot for Sermon, who was set to hit free agency in 2024. And jumping back to quarterback, a guy I've mentioned quite a bit is Jake Fromm. He won't be getting shot in Washington this year, barring a couple of injuries over the final few games. But like Jake Browning, like Joshua Dobbs, he just needs a shot to show what he can do in real game action. He was lights out in the preseason. I mentioned before that win over the Ravens to snap their winning streak. And supporting cast and situation plays a big role in quarterback play. So I think it's definitely unfair to evaluate Fromm based on what he showed with the Giants. And he's still a young quarterback that hopefully has his confidence back based on what he showed in August. For two guys to mention a wide receiver, first is another that he's probably completely off the radar for almost everyone. But considering the struggles for the Kansas City offense and having evaluated him coming out of college, I think Cornell Powell, if eventually caught up to the active roster, could end up breaking out. At Clemson, it took two or three years for Powell to become a factor, so maybe a similar situation with a couple of seasons to learn in Andy Reid's offense. And the Chiefs have kept him around for a reason, so the talent is there. He's shown enough in practice to stick on the practice squad, and good things should happen if he's able to get on the field with Patrick Mahomes. And a guy that's definitely on the radar would be Jonathan Mingo. It's been a disappointing season for him in the Carolina offense, but he started to come alive with 60 plus yards in each of the past two games 
And I still say the role that would have better suited him this year would have been a lot of what Adam Thielen has done for the Panthers. So Thielen is still under contract next year, but a new system, new coaching staff could put Mingo in a better position to succeed. And he's a definite buy low based on the talent and the disappointment of his rookie season. And finally, one more guy to mention going to the tight ends would be Noah Fant. He's sort of been an afterthought for Seattle's offense, which is understandable considering the weapons they have at wide receiver and running back. But he just turned 26 at the end of last month, and the former first rounder is set to hit unrestricted free agency. And there will definitely be teams out there that could acquire his services and make him a more central part of the offense. Maybe Washington comes to mind. The Panthers could also be a good fit, depending on the coaching staff. So Fant still has good speed, showed good touchdown upside at Iowa, and again is still young, so it might just take a change of scenery for him to break out. So that will conclude this episode. Hopefully it provided some good advice for the fantasy playoffs and those looking ahead to 2024. But if you're focused on week 14 and need a win to make the playoffs, then all our rankings and analysis can be found on wolfsports.com. And if you're a fantasy consigliere member, we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin. This was the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. <laughs>